Okay. If you have a copy of the scriptures with you, open your Bibles to Psalm 67. Yeah, it's absolutely providential that um, the Psalms that was uh, chosen to be read this morning for scripture reading was what the Lord uh, laid upon my heart, even before I knew that, uh, to preach from this morning. And uh, trusting the Lord for what he has for us. And I just want to add real quick that it's always, always a delight and a joy uh, to be here anytime I have the opportunity, especially the youth group, phenomenal young ones that you guys have here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm thankful for every single one of them. Um, I would ask in uh, honor of the reading of the Word of God, if you can, please stand with me. Psalm 67. To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, Selah, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you, you, O Lord, you judge the nations with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Bow with me in prayer. Father, you're worthy of praise. You're worthy of our worship. And that's why we're here, O oh Lord, this morning, to give you that in community, to worship you, Lord. Father, I submit myself to you, Holy Spirit, Send out your word today, Lord, and heal your land today, Lord. I pray that I will not get in the way of what you would do this morning among us as your people. Be with us, Lord, for your glory and your fame. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a sit. I want to ask this morning, why are you here today? Why are you here this morning? I've been woken up and taking showers, fed the kids, I hope, um, dressed up, got into your cars, and, and off you drove to 108 East Grundy Street, Tullahoma, Tennessee. Why are you here? Over the years, being uh, in the United States uh, as an international student, uh, one thing that I've found and learned is the North and the South are two different countries. <laughs> um, 
And I also found out that what is very distinct about the Southerners is that going to church is tradition. It's what the Southern people do. We go to church every Sunday. In 2018, the Pew Research, they conducted a survey asking why Americans go to religious services. In this research, some say they go to church to please their family members. For others, out of sheer feeling of religious obligation. While some find sermons valuable, I hope you found this morning's sermon valuable. Others, they go to church in times of trouble to find comfort. For some, it is to be a better person. For parents, they go to church so that they can set moral standards, build moral foundations for their children, and that's actually understandable. While others, they go to church or any religious service to draw closer to God. Well, that's a little comforting. I am sure that many of us resonate with one or two of these reasons to be here this morning. However, brothers and sisters, we will completely miss the point of the gathering of God's people every Sunday if these are the fundamental reasons why we get up in the morning, take showers, feed the kids, dressed up, get into our cars, and off we come to 108 East Grande Street. I ask again, Deliver us in the Lord Jesus Christ at Forest Baptist Church, Tullahoma. Why are you here today? Well, let me remind you why we're here today. We're here this morning because we are sinners saved by grace. We are here as people of God, a people who were once not God's people, but now we are its treasured possession. We gather here this morning on this Lord's Day and every Lord's Day because we have been bought, redeemed, ransomed for God by the blood of Jesus Christ to the Lamb who took away the sin of the world. And because of that, we gather as God's adopted sons and daughters to join the heavenly beings in praising the Lord God Almighty, the, cre the creator of heaven and earth, the one who made all things. And without him is nothing that was made, that can be made. We gather together to worship the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. We gather this morning to worship the one who is who he says he is. For what he has done, we gather here to the praise of his glorious grace in saving us in Christ Jesus from eternal condemnation. And as Paul made it clear in Ephesians in his letter to the to the Christians in Ephesus, the praise of the glorious grace of God, that is why we exist. That's who we are. That's why we're made. So brothers and sisters, if we miss this point, if we miss this point about who we are in Christ and why we gather this morning, this gathering might as well be a communal social club where we seek to you know, support each other 
emotionally, physically, psychologically. But if the praise and the worship of this glorious God and his grace unto us is the fundamental purpose of our existence and of our gathering, then I submit to you all this morning that the praise of the glorious grace of God is the fundamental principle and the end goal of the missions of God's people to the unbelieving world. I observed that, uh, it's not here, but I saw online that yours a mission statement says, making disciples from here to the end of the earth. Awesome, amazing mission statement. But the point of making disciples from here to Oklahoma to the end of the earth is so that God may be praised and worshiped from here to the end of the earth. Brethren, if we miss this point, we miss God's goal and God's purpose in missions. We cannot, we must not, and we shouldn't miss this fundamental truth that just, that for all of us, all of us who have believed and are saved from God's eternal wrath by faith in Christ alone, just as the praise of his glorious grace and mercy in saving us in Christ is our aim of gathering every, every Sunday, so also the praise of his glorious grace among every people's nation, tribe, and tongue is the aim and the end goal of the Great Commission. And this truth must be the engine that drives our mission's endeavor as the body of Christ. Well, this is my point this morning. I guess we can go home. <laughs> well, before we go, it's our, before we go, in Psalm 67, I want to consider the nature of this amazing reality. That the praise of God's glorious grace is the end, the purpose, the aim of missions. And I will unpack this truth in two ways. First, we'll consider from Psalm 67 a congregation's prayer. And I'll consider two holy desires that drive this congregational prayer. All right, let's go. One, a congregation's prayer. So Psalm 67 was addressed to the choir master by an anonymous author, but it's really safe, I would say, to say it's King David. He's a singer, he's a, he's a writer, right? So you all will agree at least to some point. That's great. All right, we're cool on that. And this, this psalm was written... And it's intended to be sung with stringed instruments where or whenever the people of God gather together to worship. However, this congregation, this congregational song begins with a prayer. In Psalm 67 verse 1, the people of God sung out in prayer to God saying, God, be gracious to us and bless us and make your face to shine upon us. Selah. Well, as a footnote, whenever you see Selah in the Psalms, the author is intending that the congregation pause and think and contemplate on what they've just said to God. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. 
in contemplating these psalms, we can notice that this congregational plea, this congregational prayer is an appeal to the very essence and the very nature of God as he revealed himself in the Old Testament. If you remember in Exodus 33 verse 13, in 17 to 19, if you have time, you can go there. If not, that's okay. Moses pled with Yahweh to show him his glory. Then the Lord said to Moses, it says this, listen, I will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. I'm also in Exodus 34, 5 to 7, the Lord revealed himself when he passed in front of him. And then it says, the Lord passed before him, Moses, and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Brothers and sisters, gracious defines who God is to mankind. So in verse 1, when the people of God, uh, of Psalm 67, when the people of God raised their voices, asking that the Lord will be that which he is essentially to humanity. It says, Lord, be gracious to us. That's who you are. I must also observe that the plead, this plea for, for blessing, bless us and for God to shine his face upon his people, that is, the God favoring his people, both God's favor, God's blessing, they are fundamentally rooted in what? In God's grace. And we know that grace is the unmerited favor of God towards his people. But we, as 21st century people of God, we know something a little bit more amazing about the grace of God that the Old Testament believers that they don't quite yet experience or know in full. Well, from the testimony of the apostles, right, we know that the grace of God descended from heaven in flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. In John, John chapter 1, verse 14 to 16, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. And for from, from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. Today, we have experienced the fullness of the grace of God in Christ, brothers and sisters. However, like the Old Testament saint, we are still longing for the consummation, the final revelation of God's grace and his favor as we await the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, aren't we? So like the Old Testament saints, together we can still raise our voices to the Lord saying, God, be gracious to us and bless us and make your face to shine among us. Now, I want to ask, why can God's people pray this way with full assurance that God will answer? Why? 
Well, from verses 2 to 7, we can observe that God's people are motivated by holy desires. They're motivated by holy desires. The people of God were driven by two distinct sacred longings, and these holy desires reveals their heart posture in their prayers to God for God to pour his grace and blessing and favor upon them. And what's this first desire? God's people desire that God's way and God's saving power may be known on earth and among all the nations. Look with me in verse 1 and 2, all right? May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, seller, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Do you all catch that? Do you all catch that? The prayer of God's people was governed by a desire that the knowledge of God's way and God's saving power may fill the earth and be proclaimed among the nations. Okay, in contrast to the crooked, the evil, the wicked, and, and the sinful ways of mankind, the self-centered, the selfishness, the, the rules, our inherent being right from Adam, in contrast to that, in opposition to God, God's people have been saved. We know, God's people know that God's way is good, perfect, righteous, holy, just, and true. Therefore, the desire that God be gracious and bless and make his, his face to shine upon them so that the nations and the end of the earth may know and be filled with the knowledge of his way. But also, God's people also <laughs> know, they know how great the saving power of God is. Oh, they, they think back, they remember how God delivered their forefathers from slavery to Egypt, right? God parted the Red Sea asunder, and they literally walked through a dry land across the sea. That's cool, by the way. More than that, God rained manna from heaven. He fed them. He, he gave them water in the desert when they were thirsty. God delivered his people from the hands of the enemy, the enemy nations who rose against them in battle. God's people saw God deliver them with his mighty hand and outstretched harm from the perils and dangers of all sorts. And therefore, the desire that God be gracious to them and bless them, not for their fame, not for their glory, not for their the expansion of the kingdom, but so that its saving power might be known among all the people. However, the knowledge of God's way, right, and the saving power only got better for us today, didn't it? God has revealed his perfect way, his righteous and, and only way to us. In Christ Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and through whom we all now have access to the gracious Father. However, before we came to know the knowledge of God's saving faith, a grace, God's grace, 
we were in despairing condition. We were alienated from God. We were enslaved to our sin. We were dead in our trespasses. We, we were walking and living in the ways of the world. We were following the passion of our flesh. We were carried out. We carry out all of our desires. We, oh, we so much loved and delighted in our sins. We cared less for the praise of God's glory. And because of that, every believer in this room, every one of us, we know, we know that we so rightly deserve God's eternal condemnation. We know that his judgment upon us is right and holy. We deserve nothing but his wrath because we were his creatures who went AWOL. When a human being made something and it goes AWOL, do you rub it on and just say, it's all right, you can do whatever you want to do? No, we destroy it. Think of Elon Musk, make a robot, and the AI goes AWOL. No, he would destroy it. But God didn't destroy us. But what did, what did God do instead? But God, in his gracious mercy, is sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, through the virgin, the virgin birth, to save us from our sins. He redeemed us from the condemnation that we deserved. And how did he accomplish this? Oh, Christ lived the holy, perfect, righteous life we couldn't. <laughs> it died the death of the wages of sin that we deserved. It was buried. Behold, the holy God did not leave Christ in there in the grave and let his body see corruption so that on the third day what happened? He raised him from the grave and declared victory over death so that death, which is the sting of sin, lost its entire power over us. And because God, God caused us to now come to believe in Christ Jesus for salvation. Oh, who is Christ the embodiment of God's grace? Oh, we are now no longer entitled to perish or are we to endure eternal wrath of God. But now we are adopted sons and daughters looking forward to being with our great God for all eternity. Oh, brothers and sisters, isn't this our redemption story? Isn't this our redemption song, a song that tells of the mighty saving power of God's glorious grace. But I ask, as God's people, do we desire that God's mighty saving grace and power in Christ be known at the ends of the earth, to the ends of the earth? and beyond, not for our fame, not for our accomplishment or our glory, not for our expansion of our kingdom or our own influence, not for making a name for ourselves. Do we wholeheartedly desire that the knowledge of the way and the saving power of this great God be known and his glory fill the earth? Well, Clearly, this was the desire of the congregation. 
in Psalm 67. However, this first desire is still penultimate, it's still secondary. There is yet one more ultimate desire that serves as the primary motivator for this congregational prayer. And this desire gets it, it gets to the very ultimate purpose and the point of our existence as human beings who are created in the image of God. And this desire is that every people's nation, tribe, and tongue might praise and worship God because God is the creator, the savior, the righteous judge and ruler, the Lord of all. All right, consider with me for a second the psalmist, the, the writer, I mean, the choir master receiving, you know, receiving the song and, and then leading the congregation in, in singing. And, and then the star says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. And then they follow this request, basically saying, Lord, do this so that your way, not our way, may be known among all the earth, that your saving power, not ours, be known among the nations. And then in verses 3 to 7, the people of God burst out in praise, declaring the awesome, awesomeness of God. What did I say? Verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity, righteousness, uprightness. You're not impartial. You guide the nations upon the earth, sailor. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the earth, the ends of the earth, fear him. Brothers and sisters, from this last five verses, we primarily see a genuine, heartfelt, wholehearted desire of God's people that every people's tribe, nation, and tongue will praise and worship God because God is the creator and the righteous judge. Make no mistake, okay? Make no mistake. Everything that exists, exists because God made it. And everything exists for one purpose, one purpose, that the living creatures might praise and worship and rejoice and be glad in him. Oh, this is where the, the Lord reminded his people in Isaiah 43, 20 to 21. It says, listen up, guys. God said, the wild beast will honor me, the jackals and ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself. Why? That they might declare my praise. Brothers and sisters, God is worthy to be praised from every bit of the thing that exists, from the smallest molecule of a thing that exists to the greatest. I love early church history, and St. Augustine, I don't know if many of you know him, lived between the 4th and 5th century A.D. 
Augustine, in contemplating and rejoicing and, and thinking and pondering on the majesty of God, he put it this way. Listen, guys. Showing that you, God, must be praised at the earth, sea monsters, all the fathomless chasms, fire, hail, snow, ice, the spirited breathing of the storms, all of which carry out your word, the mountains and all the hills, the fruit trees and all the cedars, the wild animals and all the animals of the herd, the crawling creatures and flying winged ones. Then he continued in like Psalm 67, let the kings of the earth and all its nations, the rulers and all the judges of earth, all there among, along with the younger ones, let them praise your name. Let them praise you, O God, he continued, since even from the sky you are praised. In the height, let all your angels, all your heavenly armies, the sun and moon and all the stars and the daylight, the heaven above, all heavens and the waters above heaven praise you. How is the ceaseless praise of God even done in heaven? Because it is. How is it that in Revelation, Revelation 4, we can see a little glimpse, a little glimpse into the, what worship looks like in heaven, in the vision that God showed John. If you, if you have the time, turn to uh, Revelation, Revelation 4. In Revelation 4, in Revelation 4 from verse 8 to 11, Oh, listen to this. The four living creatures, this is the vision John was seeing in heaven. The four living creatures, each with six wings, all full of eyes all around and within, and day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast down their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Oh, but more than that, more than that, in chapter 5, verse 9 to 14, let's flip one page. Oh, and the living creatures and the treading four elders, they sang a new song. They sang a new song. Oh, it says, worthy are you, from verse 9, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every nation, every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and that they shall reign on earth. Then I looked, John looked, and then John saw a heart around the throne, 
the living creatures and the elders, the 24 elders, the voices of many angels numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every living creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who is seated, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures says, Amen. And the elders, they fell down and worshipped. Brothers and sisters, this is how worship is done in heaven. But I ask, have God received the praise and worship that he deserves from everything that exists? Has he? Brothers and sisters, you and I know that God did not yet get every bit of praise and worship that is due to him from this inch to the ends of the earth for one reason. Sin. Apart from Christ, we human beings, we are so full of ourselves. We're so blinded to the reality of the majesty of God. The one who deserves every bit of glory and worship and praise for every second that we take a breath. Oh, C.S. Lewis, he observed well. It says that we, we love to sing our praise because praise does, it does not merely express our delight, it completes our delight. So that's why lovers praise each other. That's why fans, you praise the, uh, the movie stars. That's why we adore our favorite actors and actresses and musicians. We take pride on, well, in the South, you go hunting. Those who go hunting and they get really good bucks or whatever, we praise them. You get delighted in, 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 in ourselves. We take pride even in our football quarterbacks. We rejoice, we praise and revel in good things and beautiful things. Don't get me wrong, brothers and sisters. There is nothing wrong with the appreciation of human ability or enjoying all that is aesthetically pleasing. For one, I enjoyed having wonderful steak at the Stevens home last night. However, are we not the greatest expert? Are we not the greatest expert in praising the creature rather than the creator? Rather, delighting and reveling in the praise of God, we rejoice and delight in ourselves. And this reality moved Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to lament in Romans 1, 20 to 21, when it says, 
God's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that has been made so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> this is why missions exist. Missions exist because man fails to worship and praise the Lord of all. And as the pastor theologian John Piper puts it so clearly and powerfully, missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Therefore, just as the congregation in Psalm 67, just as they saw the face of God praying, that God be gracious and bless and favor them so that they might proclaim the perfect way and the saving way of God in his power that all the peoples from every nation, tribe, and tongue may turn to the exuberant praise and joy and gladness, rejoicing in God. So also, we exist today as the body of Christ Jesus to proclaim the, the mighty saving power of God so that this ungodly generation might turn and surrender to his lordship. Might surrender to him and turn to praise and worship the the creator God and fear him. Make no mistake, brothers and sisters, at the end of the ages, at the end of time, God will receive every praise that he deserves. <laughs> he will, every single bit of it. Irrespective of who you think you are in this world, in the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Brethren, if this reality of God's glorious grace in the face of Jesus Christ does not motivate us to then go into the world and invest every available resource to see to it that God's saving power in Christ Jesus is praised so that everyone will fear him and worship him and that he might be glorified, I don't know what else will motivate missions. If you're here this morning and you feel and you know the weight of your unworthiness in the presence of this holy God, and you know that the praise of God's glorious grace has not been the utmost desire of your heart, as I know it this morning, as I feel it this morning, you can acknowledge, like me, and say, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to live the God I love. 
Hear the word of the Lord and be comforted. Do not be despaired. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let us believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and in him alone, for he is the one who purchased us for God. And let us approach the throne of grace in repentance and acknowledge and say and ask God, God, be gracious to us and be merciful to us and let your face shine upon us so that we may praise you with every second of our lives. Let us resolve that by the help and the power of the Holy Spirit within us that we will live every moment of our days, our short days, I might add. Doesn't matter how old you are. 100 years old? In comparison to eternity? That's like a drop in the ocean of eternity. So we will resolve to contemplate, to seek the Lord and, and resolve in our heart that every moment of our day will be to the praise of God's glorious grace. If you're here this morning and you're weary and heavy laden, you just don't seem to understand why you, your life even feels so meaningless and purposeless. You can't quite point a finger at it. Or if, you might even be angry with God. But you came here to this house of worship this morning, possibly just to get, get out of your house and, and socialize with people. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Lord brought you here this morning to get your attention. It's calling on you to look to him, to look to him, to call on him and say, Lord, here I come. Because the word of the Lord says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as C.H. Spurgeon put it, says, I have never seen anyone who in genuine and wholehearted heart called and cried out to God, God, be gracious and merciful to me. And God says, sorry. You're not part of my elect. Sorry, I don't know you. So this is why you were here this morning so that the Lord's getting your attention and you can, you can submit to him and say, Lord, Lord, here I am. You brought me here this morning to hear of your glorious grace. I hate you. But you know what, Lord? Have mercy. Because you're gracious and you're merciful. Oh, if you're here this morning, and you're so heavy laden, Jesus is saying to you, come unto me, oh, you are weary and ever laden, and I will give you rest. Because, as Augustine put it, our hearts are restless until we find a rest in God. Ask that the Lord will transform your heart from your self-seeking and self-glorifying, your self-deserving desires, 
your self-serving desires, you have to, to a desire for God alone, for him alone to be praised and worshiped in your life because he is God. And guess what? You are not. People of God at First Baptist Church, Tullahoma, do you desire that God be praised from, the, from here to the ends of the earth? Are your hearts burning and yearning within you for the praise of God's glorious grace among every people's nation, tribe, and tongue? Oh, it is my prayer this morning that this holy desire will motivate each and every one of you to renew your commitment to see to it that the way and the saving power of God be proclaimed from here in Tullahoma to the ends of the earth. For majority of you, it might be just committing yourself to praying for the nation to receive the flags. Look it up. Pray for those nations that don't know God. Lord, in the nation of Casablanca, people don't know you. Send missionaries. I can't go. You know, I can't. And then pour your resources into it. For some of you, you may have been fighting hard. You know it. You know it in your heart that the Lord is calling you to go into the nations to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and you're wrestling. Number one, you can't win the wrestle. Just take that. Number two, submit to him and say, Lord, help me to submit in obedience to go to the nations and, and the people groups calling them to praise and worship your glorious grace. But for all of us this morning, it is my utmost prayer that we would genuinely seek the Lord and just cry out to him and say, Lord, oh Lord God Almighty, be praised, be worshipped for your glorious grace from here to the end of the earth. And let's pray that this morning. Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy to receive all praise, all glory, all honor, all adoration. And Lord, we ask that the praise of who you are, the praise of your gracious mercy, the praise of your glory will dawn on our heart so that we will live every second of our life here on this side of eternity, though not fully perfectly, but as much as we can, O oh Lord, to see to it that you are praised. And Lord, as we are looking forward, looking forward to our Lord Jesus' return, Father, help us, O oh Lord, to long for him to return, so, to, to return, Lord, so that at the end of it all, <laughs> mm, you will fully receive the praise and the worship that you truly deserve. Bless this congregation, Lord, and let this motivation, let this purpose, let this aim, let it be for your people at Tullahoma.
It's in the name of our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, that we pray. Amen.